This is Four Network. Credo is the daft of the Football Daft podcast. Is that a good story? Is that a good story? I've got an encyclopedia. Brain. He's got a damn I'm not an... <laughs> Fuck's sake. What are you, a fucking hula? <laughs> this is Football Daft. You're a Rangers man. Aye. I'm a Hearts man. <laughs> With you and Cameron. I work for Showtime in ESPN. <laughs> and... And hello, it's stand-in host David Tanner here, the thinking woman's Ewan Cameron, and with me is... Credo. <laughs> Credo, good to see you. What a weekend ahead of us. It's Rangers v Celtic, or if you're on Twitter, it's Sevco Scotland Limited against Pacific Shell 595. That's why it goes on Twitter, isn't it? <laughs> it's a bit mental. It is a bit mental. What have you been doing, mate? Um, oh, you've been, you've been busy, you know, been doing a wee bit of profiling stuff for the League Cup final, that's got to be on BT, innit? I'll be looking forward to watching that. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of filming. Have you? Wait, you've been With, at Murray uh, Park and, well, sorry, sorry, the Hummel Training Centre in Lennoxton? I've been at Lennoxton, I've been at Celtic Park, and Ali McCoy's came over to One Devonshire Gardens, so tell the fan at One Devonshire Gardens. Was so. he asking for me? Uh, yes, he was. Did I see some, was he? No. Oh, for fuck's sake. Sorry about that. So that's all for memories on BT Sport Sunday <laughs> at midday. Set your VHS recorder for that. But listen, what about your performance on BBC Scotland? Aye, a, bit, a bit Thompson. Thompson, um, we've done a... I think he does every week. He, he versus someday for the results that weekend. Uh-huh. And I absolutely sconed him. Sconed him. I think I got so every the predictions. Prediction. Aye, aye. Panned him in the predictions. So I was delighted with that. So Tomahawk is hanging his head in shame. Aye, Tomahawk. That's his name on Instagram, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Now, Hearts have got a new manager. Ewan Cameron, if he was here, would talk about that forever and ever and ever. You're right, do you know what? The full episode would all be, but, and I bet you, in fact, if we, if we find out if Ewan likes his appointment, no? We'll get him on next week. Aye, our voice don't while we're here. Aye, aye, that's a good idea. <laughs> but you, do, this, is what, this is what Greedo does, ladies and gentlemen. He doesn't send texts or WhatsApps. He, does, he sends you audio notes. Too lazy. Anyway. There you go. All right, uh, Ewan, we're recording the podcast. What do you make of Daniel? Hi there, it's the stand-in here. <laughs> Have tough. you been sacked? <laughs> he wants to know, oh, well, I want to know, um, how do you feel about the Hearts appointment? Good or no? See you after. See you Listen, I don't, I don't know very much about this guy, Daniel Stendhal. Uh, it's taken a long time, so it's an interesting appointment. I think what we should do is speak to someone later on who knows something about him. Somebody from Barnsley. Right. Do you like my, my Yorkshire Say again. Barnsley. There again? No. You're, you're, you're mocking me now. I can feel it. I, I'm, I'm only the standing. <laughs> Don't mock me. And listen, the other big thing we need to talk about is our guest today. Yep. He's coming in later. I cannot wait for this. It's uh, Gary Mackay Stephen. Yep. Now, we've done really well with getting guys in from MLS, top stars. GMS, I think he should still be playing. He could still be in the Scotland team. Uh had won some trophies at Celtic in a couple of years at Aberdeen. Loved at Dundee United. Let's talk football with him and nothing else. Okay? You sure? You sure, man? I've got, <laughs> I've got, I've Is got, there anything else you're thinking about uh, asking guys about? I've got a couple of questions <laughs> floating about my mind. <laughs> Are you going to create a splash? <laughs> You'll be all right with talking about it, won't you? Uh, I've no idea. But yeah. did you not have some connection to that incident? 
Did you push him in? Certainly did. Well, the the time, I, I worked in emergency services at the time in the fire brigade, so wow. I was on a night we got a report of somebody, a male in the River Kelvin, obviously didn't know at the time, it came out in the papers a couple of days later, but I, that's a, a big call out for something like that, you know what I mean? It's not just mm. a matter of, you know, it's boats, it's polis, it's ambulance, it's the full bifter, so it'd be interesting to see how he feels about costing the taxpayers all that money <laughs> <laughs> I heard there was an investigation because when they phoned up and they said there's a man in the river Kelvin quickly come and rescue him and the person said no problem we'll be there in five minutes and it's an Aberdeen player <laughs> Sorry, stand down Grado's <laughs> 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 rant oh do you know what I really missed last week what Grado's rant uh, you were in a good mood last week I've been in a good mood for the last couple of weeks. Um, you get a bit tense and nervous ahead of the old firm game, and maybe maybe that's get you on edge a wee bit. I'm just looking at it here as well, just now. So my rant is about these Arsenal players um, when they were coming in for uh, was it at Norwich they were playing it? Was that what it was? Was it oh, the Norwich yeah, game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it? that. Was yeah, I? on Sunday. So poor Super wee Sunday. mascot stunning there. It's his big day. Mm-hmm. You think you're a young boy and your heroes are walking into the stadium? Big day for him. And the video is just heartbreaking of these fucking football players walking right by him. Boys stunning there, shy, seeing these heroes. What does it take for one of the players just to go there and a wee scruff of the boy's head, a wee hello, how you doing? That wee guy's going to remember that for the rest of these days. Now, obviously, it probably, it's not going to affect him because he's seen, he's seen the players. But what does it take to just reach out and shake the wee boy's horn? This is this, this wee boy's heroes he looks up to me. And just want it only took, it would only take one player just to come out and acknowledge him, and they never done it. I hate it. There's also another clip years ago. I remember Liverpool players coming out, and I know they were probably told after security, "Look, don't sign in." But there was one guy standing there with a shirt, and there was only one player. I can't remember who it was that takes the time out to sign it. But even Klopp's just patching them, and I just think these people who wait outside, mm-hmm. they spend all their money on the gear, the merch, they pay their way, they put money into the club support, and they can't acknowledge them. I just I find it disgusting. I think that's a really good rant, by the way. You're a man of the people. And no, I, I totally agree with you. It's a lot of well. shite. It's a lot of shite. Oh, Grado! Uh, no, no, it just, it's just for all it takes. All it takes is just a wee, a wee bit of acknowledgement. And that would have made that wee boy's life. He's already excited to see them. But the way you just stood there in that image, they should be fucking ashamed of themselves. They really should. They should be ashamed of themselves. Did you see the Ballon d'Or Awards this week? Is that the one with Drogba and... Um, Kylian Mbappe? Yep. Yep, he remembered them for he was a wee boy. Did well, or did he, did he patch him when he was younger? Drogba custard pie, Aye. a kid at Stamford Bridge, and it turned out to be the best footballer for the next generation. But it just shows you that that's stuck in that boy's head. Mm-hmm. Things like that stick in your head. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I always remember when I went to see the Buffs. And we played. Um, wait a minute! How, wait a minute! How can we go? <laughs> uh, this is this is David Tanner's <laughs> rant now. How can we go from a World Cup winner mm. to the Buffs? The Buffs. I remember Sonnen is a wee guy, and the Buffs players come out, and I'm sticking my horn out and slapping their horns. And I think, I think he played for Ardeer Fissel at the time. One of the players, Billy Sunday. Billy Big and, Buzz. Uh, I and he was walking by, and I was going boo boo boo. Ken just as a wind does, and I was only about eight or nine at the time, and the player went, "All right, fat boy." I was broke my fucking heart. See if I ever see that player again, man. Uh, He's getting a wee fucking portion of their own slice. Telling <laughs> you. Because that is stuck in my head. Him calling me fat boy. What did you say? I'm big boned for no, my no, age. I never heard his great in it, my, my, my pie. <laughs> see, when I was 10 at Hamden Park, um, I shouted at Gordon Strachan, Strachan, you're a disgrace. 
This is, this is absolutely true. Archie Knox, the Aberdeen assistant manager, leaned out the dugout and said, How you? Any minute of that, you get popped too. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. And I was like, you shit yourself. Oh, I, well, absolutely. Uh, because, and I thought, what have I said? It was, always, it was the same reaction I gave <laughs> when Instagram banned me. And uh, I remember looking at the dugout and saying, and Fergie gave me the death stare, and Archie threatened me with the polis. And is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and I've never had the guts to tell Archie. Oh, he's, you he's should. Still, he's still terrified. You should have told him, man. <laughs> he's a great lad, but he terrifies me. Now, you've got a pizza coming in here. Does that mean that we have to go oh, to tape? At least have some, somebody's fucking... Who's it off it? Somebody's it off it. Roll VT. So as we mentioned earlier, and you may have known this without me mentioning it, it's Old Firm Betfred Cup Final Weekend Grado. It's Derby Day on Sunday. It certainly is. It's on BT Sport. Can you do that? That's Ian Crockett. Yeah, Can you do Rory Hamilton in person? Oh, is that who it's going to be? No, I have no idea who they hit Rory Hamilton. No. All right, okay. That's disappointing. Um, he's very good. Now, I want to talk to the fans and get the fans' viewpoint on this. And we've not just get any fans... We're going to talk to the authors of, of uh, some old firm books. And first up is the author of this fabulous book here. I've been using it this week, preparing for my BT Sport Old Firm Memories program. Yep. It's, uh, it's called Celtic v Rangers, the Boys' Greatest Old Firm Victories. And the author is David Potter. David, just to check, are you a Celtic fan? Hey, yes, I am. So you chart 50 of the best Celtic victories in old firm games. League Cup final weekend. Do you have a favourite old firm League Cup final? You've got 14 to choose from. Uh, yes, my, my favourite is, um, I was just too young to see the 7-1 game in 1957, but I did see the one in 65 when John Hughes scored the two penalty kicks to beat Rangers 2-1. And I remember that game very well. That's my favourite, I think. So what are you thinking about this weekend then? Have Rangers closed the gap enough to make you worried this time, David? I think so. I think I'm a wee bit worried. Uh, it seems to me to be quite even, and it all depends on who plays better on the day. Right, I definitely agree with you. Even when, when, when both old firm teams are playing in form, the League Cup final, I think form goes out the window, I especially think. Although, David, you seem to disagree, don't you? You seem, I mean, both teams are on fire, David. Um, what are you thinking about it? I think the form book does uh, play a part in old firm games. But I tell you what, the form guide for these guys at the moment is that they're both on fire. That's it. Domestically and in Europe. So I find it really, really difficult to call. Who do you think, David, is going to be the key player for Celtic? Do you think uh, Odson Edward is going to be fit and play? Uh, that I don't know. I think one of our key players is, as always, Scott Brown. I think Scott is a very, very important person. But we've also got... Possibly a wee bit edge in midfield because I think uh, Callum McGregor's a very good player and um, Ryan Christie is uh, is also uh, he's on fire at the moment as well. Mm -hmm. It's so, no it's no accident, for example, that the one game that we lost this season was the game in which Ryan got sent off, and we, we lost it because we played with ten men in the second half, and one of the man missing was, of course, our star man, Ryan Christie. David, I don't mean to upset you, but Grado has spotted a mistake on no, the cover. No, you noticed a mistake. I'm <laughs> not taking the dairy for this. <laughs> you picked it out, actually. It's called The Boys' Greatest Old Firm Victories, and you've got all these fabulous pictures of old firm victories. There's Paul McStay, Jerry Craney, Billy McNeil with the League Cup. Um, mm -hmm. But you've got El Hadjouf and Scott Brown, the famous right. the Bruni. 
And David is noticing that that game wasn't a victory for Celtic. It was a two-each draw at Ibrox. Is that right? So you'll have to take all the books back. <laughs> oh, all right, I'll have to, yeah. So I'll have to start again. <laughs> it's a great picture. It's such though, a good picture, though. I, it is a good it is. I couldn't resist it. It's such a good picture. Oh, brilliant. Oh. No, it's, a great, it's a great choice of picture. I prefer David, the one I drew for at the end of the season. Well, David, we wish you all the very best for the book. It's uh, out now from Pitch Publishing, Celtic v Rangers, the boys' greatest old firm victories. And there's also a Rangers equivalent by Jeff Holmes. Before you go, you've got to give us your prediction then for the, the cup final. What's your scoreline? Uh, I think it'll be a very narrow win for Celtic. 2-1 for Celtic. That's my prediction. Well, as I said, it's I don't want to make any predictions because anything can happen in Derby Day. I'm scared, but what I will say is whoever comes out victorious in this game is going to play a big part in the rest of the month. And it's going to play a big part on the, the, the New Year's uh, old firm and the rest of the season. So this Sunday is a big, big game. But I'm just looking at this book and I'm thinking if there's anybody out there that wants to have a wee, a wee stocking filler for any of your pals or Celtic fans, this looks like the book um, that you could give to somebody at Christmas time because there's the way the way it's all set up and the pictures look, yeah, look brilliant. Words and pictures. It's a winning formula in books. David, great to talk to you and thank you very much for coming on the Football Daft. Okay, right. Thank you very much. Thank Fa- you. Thanks very much, Paul. All, right, all the best. Yeah, all the best. All the best. Enjoy bye-bye. Sunday. Bye-bye. So that's the Celtic view. What about the Rangers view? Now, I'm delighted to say we're joined by another Rangers fan and another author. He wrote Rangers FC in the 1980s, The Players' Stories. And it's Alistair Aird. Alistair, thanks for joining us. No probs. Your book is about big games in the 1980s. Can I put it to you that the old firm League Cup final of 1986 defined that generation? Well, um, obviously we we had such a um, a difficult start to the, the 1980s, uh, transitioning from Jock Wallace to John Gregg, then back to Jock Wallace again, and obviously Graham Souness comes in August 86, and first opportunity we get, we make the cup final, make the League Cup final against Celtic. And obviously, thanks to Durant and uh, a bit of coolness personified for David Cooper with the penalty, we end up winning the trophy, probably giving us a bit of impetus to then drive us on to win the title. So, um, obviously, as a Rangers supporter, I'm hoping there's something similar develops this weekend. Aye. You win up this weekend and it pushes us on to... Aye, speaking of Sunday, big man, I think um, this uh, game on Sunday is going to define the rest of the season. How are you mm-hmm. feeling as a Rangers fan? Do you feel confident? Both teams are playing in forum. Um, a lot of people say form goes out the one day on old form day, but how do you feel yourself about this one? Um, I think team selection is probably going to have a lot to do with it, Gredo. Absolutely. Uh, I think um, probably eight of the 11 jerseys pick themselves, but in terms of what Stephen does with um, probably the right-hand side of midfield, he experimented at the weekend with, with Arfield behind Aribo, which I thought worked particularly well. Um, but we've got a striker at the moment who's scoring for fun, and it would be fantastic, I think, if he if he got himself a goal on Sunday, um, given the amount of um, grief that he's obviously had. Um, but I'm confident, I'll be honest. I think we've got a very, very good chance of, um, of getting a result. But and, do you say that in every game? Uh, no, well, uh, but uh, just sort of touching back on team selection, I think earlier on in the season when we played Celtic at Ibrox, Stephen got the team selection wrong did. that day. Definitely. Uh, um, and... Um, uh, Hopefully he's learned from that. But we've got we've got a back five that, as I say, picks itself. We've got guys like Ryan Jack, Stephen Davis, who are mainstays in the team. Kent and Morella's up front. So there's only really two jerseys, I think, that are up for grabs. If he gets them right, 
then we've got um, a fantastic opportunity to, as you guys say, put a marker down. Uh, and I would agree, Grado, that this one's probably of more significance than the game at Parkhead on the 28th yeah, of December. Yeah, yeah. If we get a result here, then it'll push us on. If we don't, then there's every possibility that that could be enough to set us back and just come up just that wee bit short again. Listen, never mind setting you up. You get a trophy, and Rangers exactly. haven't won one of those in the top flight since 2011. 2011, exactly. Uh-huh. Um, so that in itself would be... Um, would be excellent, but I think Stephen Gerrard coming in and getting the result this time last year in the league game mm-hmm. was huge. Then getting the result at the end of last season was huge. I think the next logical step is to get some silverware, right. um, and there's no better place to do it than Hamden against your, your old firm rivals. And the parallels between Gerrard, the European Cup winning captain with Liverpool, and Sunis, obviously sort of touching back in the book again, Sunis coming in in 86, European Cup winning captain, Liverpool, first managerial job. The Similarities, are there. I, yep, So definitely. I'm just hoping that, that's, that that sort of symmetry continues in Sunday, where we, we win that first trophy and it pushes us on to, um, to, to win the league. I just hope there's no another Hamilton in the Scottish Cup coming as a result of that, mm. such that we have the embarrassment of that. Um, oh, yes, 86, 87 is a big as result. we did back in 86, 87. But, uh-huh. uh, Speaking so, of your book, how did you make it? How did you did you spend a lot of time with players in the 80s and get their views yes, and interviews? Grado, there's, twi- there's 21 ex-players fit, uh, in there. And what I, when I'm sort of putting it together in terms of describing the, the, the mixture it's like an eclectic mix I've got guys like Stuart Beattie in there that only played nine games for us and Goffey's in there that played 300 odd legendary captain so um, a big mixture did you do uh, Cammy Fraser sorry David did you do Cammy Fraser Cammy Fraser I didn't get a chance to speak to Cammy Fraser Jan Bartram <laughs> Jan Bartram I didn't get a chance to speak to either um, but hmm. um, I've managed to get a decent mix not in there in terms of surprised. guys that were there in the early parts of the 80s when we were struggling and actually went through the transition with us when Sunnis came in and everything changed and there was a huge uplift. So it definitely is a, a good stocking filler for any Rangers fan. Whereabouts can you get your book, big man? Um, all good book, uh, all good retailers. Uh, so you've got Amazon, you've got Waterstones. You can get it directly from the publisher as well. Um, or alternatively, you can message me. You can find me on Facebook. There's a Facebook page for the book as well. Uh, see if you contact me through that, then I'm, I'm sure I'll be able to sort something out for you. Alistair, enjoy the day. Uh, yeah, thanks very much and good luck with your book, Rangers FC in the 1980s, The Player Stories, out now from Pitch Publishing. There's a mammoth in menswear. The penguins are purchasing presents. And there's a polar bear in the underwear. This Christmas in Superhead has been overrun by AR creatures with the festive Arctic Trail. Simply download our AR app and hunt around the centre for our AR animals, winter creatures and Christmas surprises. Find them all and you'll get two for one ice skating. The festive Arctic Trail at Into Brayhead till Christmas Eve. It's AR fun for all the family. Now it's time for our Beer 52 match of the week. And last week we asked for a prediction for the Rangers v Hearts game. Now believe it or not, people actually got it right that it was 5-0 to Rangers. What a scalping for Hearts. Another reason why Ewan Cameron is not sitting in the host seat this week. Sorry, Ewan. Anyway, well done to Andrew Neely, who was drawn out of the hat as the winner. He predicted 5-0. Now this week, our Beer 52 match of the week is, of course, the League Cup final between Rangers and Celtic. 
All you have to do to win is guess the correct score and do it before three o'clock on Sunday, which of course is kickoff time. Everyone who gets the score right will go into the draw to win the beer. You can enter by commenting on the link on the Football Daft Facebook page or tweet your score to at Football Daft Pod with the hashtag free beer. Winners must be over 18 and stay in the UK. Now, I'm going to tell you about my prediction for this game. Here's a good stat for you. I've been doing the programme for BT Sport and doing all my research. There have been, in all, 14 old firm League Cup finals. The first being 1957 when Celtic won 7-1. I wouldn't think that would happen again, but you never know. Rangers have won nine and Celtic have won five. Now, when Celtic won two, ten years ago, Aidan McGeady and Darren Reddy scored their 2-0 win, was in fact the biggest margin of an old firm win in a cup final for 40 years. Every old firm Scottish Cup and League Cup final since 1969 Apart from that one game has been won by a one goal margin. So I'm gonna go for our I'm gonna go for a one goal margin in this. I'm just not saying for whom. So my prediction will be three two after extra time. How about that then? I'm not saying for whom though. Can't make up my mind. And you can get free beer from Beer52 as well. All you need to do is go to beer52.com slash daft and we can sort out free beers if you cover just £4.95 for the postage. You'd normally get eight, but as you're a Football Daft listener, we'll give you two extra free beers. And that's a total of ten, folks. Now, your first box will be sent to you the next day and will contain beer from all over this month's chosen destination, Korea. It's a monthly subscription for beer, and Beer52 don't hold you to ransom. You can leave any time. So just go to beer52.com slash daft to get your first case of 10 beers for free. So this week we're not doing who are you, it's who is he. Do you like what I've done there? I like what you've done there, David. So, Hearts have got a new manager, it's Daniel Stendel, and I know very little about him other than he was in Barnsley, so I'm going to go and dig deep uh, down in that part of the world, and I'm delighted to say we're joined by Leon Wobschel, who is a football writer at the Yorkshire Post. Leon, is this a good appointment by Hearts? I, I think so, yeah. I mean, he's got a bit of a... I suppose he's got a bit of a point to prove after what, what happened at Barnsley. I mean, he was there... Well, he wasn't, wasn't there that long, really. Probably about 16 months. No one knew anything about him, really. A real left-field selection. Like It was literally a case of Daniel Who. I mean, Barnsley just got relegated. Um, this, it was uh, Paul Aguinbottom, someone who, who you know in that oh, know. as well. He'd left in February to go to Leeds. They got Jose Moraes, who used to be... One of uh, Mourinho's many coaches at, <laughs> at Chelsea. It was a bit, a bit inglorious. They ended up getting relegated with a little bit of a whimper. Everyone really thought they'd go, they'd go British, but then they brought Daniel in. He'd been managing um, Hanover. He'd, he'd got sat there, I think, about a year before. No one knew absolutely anything about him. I, mean, I suppose the interesting thing was, I mean, we, we thought they'd go British, Barnsley, but they actually got the manager, um, then sort of, Identified a playing style, which is a bit, you know, the Gagan pressing, played fast transition football. They were big on that. Had a look at the managers all around. They're very big on this sort of, you know, database spreadsheet analysis. I don't know if you know much about the, the situation at Barnes with the owners, but um, Billy Bean, the, the Moneyball character. Oh yeah. He's part of the he's part of the setup there. So it's it's really driven by analysis data. 
they had, they identified you know several coaches they thought could fit into that into that bracket the way they want to play and lo and behold Daniel's name came up and he came over to to Barnsley in the summer of uh, 2018 said no one knew anything about him came over at the start of pre-season didn't know what to expect his English was very limited when when he first came I mean it's not it's not brilliant now but it's a lot better than it was and um, so no one knew, knew too much about him, but you know he um, hit the ground running at the start of the season, got some got some early wins, and um, you know obviously ended in, in in promotion. Is he any good? That's the question that the Hearts fans want to know because Paul Heckingbottom, uh, who of course preceded yeah. him at Oakwell, didn't yeah. it didn't work for him. He was Paul Who at the beginning became Paul Why. So is this guy better? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, his first full season, you know, in, in English football, he's got a promotion on his CV. He took he took over a team that were relegated. And, you know, you, you think about the division. You, you know, you had some, you know, some big teams in League One last season: Sunderland, Portsmouth. You know, it was a losing mentality at Barnsley, and they went all season without losing at home in the league. Uh, how did he fare against uh, Jack Ross in the Sunderland games? Well, funny enough, they lost four two. At, at Sunderland at the stadium like and they're both up there now that was it was about this time last year well I mean it's, it is interesting to see that um, you know Sunderland bait uh, Barnsley mm-hmm. and I'm just wondering yeah um, Sunderland were they, they were they were heavily linked with him as well you, you know out of interest as well after. oh they were they were they were yeah 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 they were they were in the he was linked with, with quite a few clubs you know he was tentatively linked with Middlesbrough before Woodgate got it Okay, Leon, Grado here is going to give you a £10 note, a Bank of Scotland one, by the way. He wants you to put it on this bet. Will Daniel Stendhal be a successor, Hearts, or won't he? Where's your money? (laughs) No, no. Why? (laughs) Any particular reason? Um... I mean, I hope he does. Don't um, don't get me wrong. I, I I think it's difficult when you're going into when you're a foreign coach going into a new league, new country halfway through. I think it's difficult. I think he had the he had the benefit when he went in at Barnsley. He went in, in pre-season in June. There was loads of sort of you know young players, and he had a little bit to work with there. He still had some lads who got a little bit more experience, you know, a little bit of experience for the championship going into League One. I'm not saying he can't do it, but I just think it's difficult, you know, when you go in at this time of year to, to sort of turn it around. It is bit. If he'd have gone in in the summer, I'd have, I'd have, um, I'd have put, you, I'd have put the tether on him, sort of, you know, doing really well. But mm, bit of a difficult one this time of year. I hope he does though, because he's a good guy. Brilliant. Well, listen, it's been great to talk to you, Leon. Thank you very much indeed. No problem. Leon Wobshall there from the Yorkshire Post. And now to our main event, continuing our theme of MLS stars. We've had Johnny Russell in. We've had Sam Nicholson in. Have I missed out anyone? Nah, that's it. Have we Gary Mackay Stephen in yet? Nah. Let's fix that right now. Guys, great to see you. How's Welcome home, son. Thank you. Yeah, happy to be back. It's nice. How so, long are you after? I'm off to 
I don't go back to January the 11th, I think our pre-season starts, so... Good. Been off Lord. already for three weeks. Do they pay you during the close season? They pay, they pay, so it's... it's they pay in dollars, so back here. Although that's good for me right now, the British pound's not too... Shite, and it? was at 1.2 Oh, it's all right for some, it's eh? It's good coming this way, so... No, uh, but it is, isn't it? Remember, like, if this was 10 years ago... The British pound, yeah, I remember. Or going. even 15 years ago. So, do you come over here now and fill your boots with Reebok and take it home? <laughs> <laughs> in reverse. I, I remember holiday and it was one pound to two dollars. I know. Like, like, the pound was so strong, but it's, yeah, it's gone kind of gone Gosh. the other way right now. So, the country has fallen to bits since you left, Gary, and there's no coincidence. Tell me this, let me cut straight to the chase. What's the weirdest thing you've been asked in an after match interview? When playing for New York City. I've been asked about the man sitting beside me. What? One of the first... It must have been one of my first games. Like, maybe my first time I played at home and I only played, like, 50 minutes or whatever. And I was like, what's... He's going to ask me about my debut and that. And <laughs> But he, the cameraman was just like, what's... Is Scotland's biggest export Loch Ness Monster or... Grado, he, he pronounced it. Grado. <laughs> I always do that. He pronounced Grado. it Grado. Hey, Grado. And I honestly, I'll be honest, I know Grado at the time. I was like, wait, like, I had no idea what he was talking about, but it ended up he was that's, a big wrestling fan. And, and he fun. was, yeah, I'm he was. I'm talking about it, anyway. That's absolutely super. And that's literally one And of what the, did you say, the Loch Ness Monster? I said the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> and, but, but now but, that uh, you've met him, finally, there's I've not much it, difference, is there? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, tell me this, Thurso. Tell us. What was it like growing up in Thurso? Because as much as I would love to say I know a lot about it, I know it's, it's got a, a nuclear power plant which has been decommissioned, Dunre. Brian Gunn, former Aberdeen and Norwich goalkeeper, Angus Gunn's father, was from there. You know, guys who play, who live in Ayrshire or in Glasgow or in Edinburgh, there's lots of professional footballers in that area. I mentioned Brian Gunn. But there's not really been anybody from up there. So how how on earth did you end up being a professional footballer? Because just re- remind us how long it takes you to drive from Thurso to Glasgow. Thurso to Glasgow's um, you'll be lucky if you do it in five hours. Yeah. Remind me what the flight time is from New York Aye. to Glasgow or Edinburgh. <laughs> when I flew home just there, it was New York to Edinburgh, six hours ten minutes. So basically the same time. <laughs> so you're remote. So so how how then do you become a professional footballer from what is a, a remote part of the country? Well, I think obviously um, we had been up in Cape Ness. Um, you played football so much. I mean, there wasn't. Um, if you loved football, although I'm saying I wasn't a diehard supporter like your people growing up in the cities are. Um, you love football, you did watch football, you watched bigger games, um, but you played it all the time. There wasn't maybe as much to do, you're always outside, so every minute of the day I had a ball at my feet and was playing, whether it was on in the street, um, at the park, wherever, you always played football. And then as I got older, there's a lot of football teams out there, obviously local teams, but then you play for your school and stuff, and then... The closest club, who Keith Ness, Keith Ness United. Once you played for the kind of county, play games against you know your Ross Counties, your Callies, um, so they play in that league. And then from a young age, kind of, ro- I would go down to Ross County training. So I was oh. with Ross County from under 14s. How long does that jaunt take? I mean, that's almost as close as Reykjavik. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, yeah a two two and a bit hour drive to Dingwall one wow. way, and then two and a bit hour back. So. 
So you overcome the odds. Yeah, well, really, I have to thank my my mum and dad for serious amount of petrol money they splurged mm. on getting me down the road every Thursday. It was from under 14s, under 15s, under under 17s, and then under 19s, which was full time. I actually moved down to Dingwall for under 19s, but like yeah, growing up um, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday night for training after school, they would take me down and back up, and then for a game on a Sunday. Now listen, I opened up Twitter. Stupidly, for questions for you. Now, would you would you care to care to guess what most of the questions <laughs> were relate to? <laughs> well, here's one here as an example. <laughs> Sam Daly says, "How close to Gary? How close was Gary to giving up football before Airdrie picked him up?" <laughs> what did uh. you think I was going to say? <laughs> <laughs> I know what he was going to swerve. <laughs> <laughs> not not close at all, to be honest. It was it was a strange time looking back, but at the time, so it's a young boy down at Liverpool. Um, Is that all? And anyway, I was I got an injury, a kind of bizarre injury. It was a stress fracture to my pubic bone. My, what? Yeah, very very strange injury. That your pubic bone. <laughs> yeah, my pubic so just bone. Right above your phallus. Yeah. How the fuck do you break that or fracture that? That's what you want to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> well, not what you think. Not what you think. I, it was yeah, actually. I must apologise. That's producer John over there. No, it's it's a common injury among um, football players. No, like marathon <laughs> runners or something. Oh, so right. the reason I got it was because I was I was in the under 18s, but then so I went down, um, done a preseason with under 18s, and then um, got told I was going to be moving to the reserves, um, and but they weren't starting until a few weeks after. Um, so I ended up doing two pre-seasons, basically. Went back and done another pre-season, which obviously it's probably the most intense part of the season. And just got a pain, like, around that area. And you don't need to rub it, mate. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> just, just to be clear, if you're listening to this... I did uh, rub he, it there. He's, ru- he's, well. rubbing, he's rubbing his own, not Grado's. <laughs> well, got that and kind of had it for a while, Um and ended up having to, long story short, I had to take out a bit of time from the game because my contract ran out, but I was still struggling with it. Mm. And ended up co- going back up the road for a little bit Thursday because I, I had done a lot of different rehabs, but was kind of never really taking a, like a break. And on the the advice of um, the club doctor who like stayed in contact with me at Liverpool after I had left Liverpool, who's actually... Doc Mark Waller, he's actually at Rangers now, um, right. but a great guy. Was oh, that like an older guy? Amazing guy, absolutely. A lot to thank him for. Um, Saving Judgment was just like, I mean, we've, we've tried a lot, we've done a lot, I think, you know, completely have a rest and mm. be off it. So that's what I've done. I went up to Thursday and just completely chilled, but never in my head was I thinking, oh, I'm not going to make it mm. back at football. It was always like, you know, if my body allows rest and start feeling all right again, I can, you know, slowly climb up. Who who would you have been playing with at that time? Or who would you have been running around with or seeing around the club at Liverpool? They were, they were they just won the Champions League. Uh, no, they'd, they won the Champions League in 2005. I went down, it must have been 2008, yeah, because the, the, the summer I went, they'd just lost the Champions League final to AC Milan, so... Yeah. Um, but you're obviously Gerrard's they were at the top of the kind of ladder in Europe as well like Champions League finals 
Torres, Alonso, Masturano. They had an amazing squad, to be honest, at that time, yeah. Do you ever keep in touch with any of those guys? Would they they have ever looked down at the the Waynes? I mean, your Stephen Gerrard, your Jeremy Cargers, the kind of... the British guys were, were great with the young ones. They were like always you trained with them or you know, around the training ground they were couldn't help you enough. Um though the foreign ones were but yeah, they'd you know, they were you were kinda in awe of of them, but you know, they spoke there was a lot of Spanish speaking people. It was Rafa Benitez at the time, he had a lot of Spanish, so but no, it was kinda superstars everywhere kind of thing. Any good stories about the, those lads? Ah, uh, Jermaine Pennant was there, and he was oh, a he bit was of a, a shyness. He was a character, yeah. Although didn't go, his stuff didn't go down well with me. As I remember, one time I wasn't training, but we were in the reserves. The reserves trained at Melwood as well, and it was just the reserves in the first team. So we were in doing a gym session or doing something, but the first team were out training, or everyone was out training apart from Pennant. Um, so Rafa Benitez kind of had them like. Just before training, you know, talking them through all um, what they're going to do. So everyone's like, really serious, you know, well-respected manager. And Pennant was hiding behind a floodlight just shouting, Rafa, like in a, <laughs> st- like a stupid voice. And th- like, and then eventually, like, just sprinted and just done a big slide tackle through the boys. Like, through, I don't know who he took out, but he was just that idiot kind of thing. And obviously the boys laughed, like everyone, but... Benitez, I don't think, like all that sort of stuff, but Pennant just kind of done it nonetheless, just to <laughs> do whatever. Was Stevie G a banter merchant? Not that I remember, he was quite serious, although he was the most, you could see everyone, even the, you know, your Torres, your your Alonso's, your your big guys that came in and done well, Gerard was the top man really? all the time, yeah. So then how comes, so, so you play, you, you, you train with Liverpool, Fulham, how does it... How does the move come about to go back up to Scotland with Airdrie? And how did that affect you? Obviously, your training with English teams, Premier League teams, and then the next minute you're back up the road at Airdrie. Yeah, well, it was, it was, yeah, seeing I needed to completely rest, it was like, oh, well, now I'll, I'll go back to Thurzo, um, where my mum and my dad and my family were, um, and just, yeah, be back up there, kind of back up in the. Like where nothing's kind of about football wise, but you know my agent was great at the time. He was still like supporting. He was like, "No, get yourself right and like you know when, when you feel you can like kind of get back. I'll see what's out there for you and stuff." And that's um, I rested for a period of time, and then um, when I I would go out, I remember going out like obviously having the rest, but then I would go out to the park, um, like just do little bits of a ball, and then like slowly sort of build up my cell and. Then be like, yeah, I feel alright, not sore, you know, at nights and that, and and then it got to the point where, yeah, um, see what's out there if I if I can get back. And Airdrie was the first um, club that kind of um, my agent said to me. I was like, funny, my my sister lived in Edinburgh, and I was like, oh, I could go down and stay with her, and then train at Airdrie, and that's how I kind of got back in. It's a hell of a difference though from West London, yeah, to, to Airdrie. It was. Um, did you think about chucking it? Did you think this is game over? Nah, to be honest, I never did. It was Good. strange. Like, never ever did. Like, even, you know, being in the reserves at Liverpool and then, you know, seeing, you know, they've just played a Champions League final, these boys. You train <laughs> with them the odd occasion as well. And then from from not too long from that to being 
you know, well, thinking what's going to happen, like being being in pain and just completely resting. Um, I always thought, you know, if my body's all right, I'll just yeah, I'll get back in. I'll enjoy it. I'll like if if my body's um, allows me kind of because it was a strange injury. It just didn't give it enough time to to heal, but it was absolutely perfect again and. Yeah, just getting back playing football. It didn't. It wasn't like, oh, my ears are. Geez, I should be there. It was. It was just enjoyed to be back playing. And yeah, just always was like, yeah, I'll get there again for sure. And you weren't there for long. No, I was only there. I think from January, yes, maybe six months um, to the summer. And then even during that time, I was training in at Dundee United. They asked me to tra- come and train sometimes and. Yeah, from there to Dundee United. Who's responsible for sort of uh, rekindling your career then at United? Well, it was Jimmy Boyle at Airdrie. He was a manager um, at Airdrie. And yeah, he was um, great with me. And just, yeah, probably Jimmy Boyle. I mean, it was my agent that sorted Airdrie. And then, but Jimmy Boyle was, was great. And then from Dundee United, it was Peter Houston at the time. And yeah, I was lucky, a great bunch at Dundee United, but Peter Houston and then um, at Dundee United, I think, is is a great club as well for bringing young boys through and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff. So it was a great place to be. And uh, yeah, it just started from there. And, you know, Johnny Russell, like you said, we mentioned before, you had Johnny, you had, it was Goody, Goodwill, he was flying at the time before he got his big move down to Blackburn. And uh, there was a lot of really, really talented boys. So. Is that a good laugh, that dressing room? <laughs> ah, it was, I know the answer to that. It was uh, there was always something going on in that dressing room. It was ridiculous. It was kind of uh, yeah, crazy all the time. There were big, big characters everywhere. And then as we went along as well, like I went in, you had a lot of senior players as well. Uh, John Daly, Sean Dillon, but um, just as the years kind of, it was always a good dressing room. It was always filled with idiots. And really, well, what kind of idiotic behaviour would they would they have come up with? There was dartboards, so you'd always, there'd be a, you know, just for a laugh, you'd throw a dart and it'd land at someone, like, you'd be out the shower and it'd land at their bare feet just for a laugh, but it got out of hand, like, darts would be flying about. Any, any scraps, any rolling about the flare? Um, naked? Yeah, naked fights, naked, there was a lot of naked shenanigans in the shower, there was a lot of boys that loved shower time, and I mind we had uh, a Polish goalkeeper, Radislav Czerzniak, later on, but... Just used to either come in early and get a shower quick, or just to avoid it. All. Abs, just just to avoid it all because people would be slapping each other's arses and just like <laughs> peeing on each other. Just rid- as anything, you do, as you do. But shower time was a lot. <laughs> Who was the worst? Come on. Oh, there was everybody was into it. There were so many. No, it was select the Glaswegian ones. You oh. know, your oh. <laughs> Johnny Russell was always at the heart of things. Oh, he never Barry mentioned that. Douglas, did he? <laughs> David Goodwill, he was when I first went was um, always up to something. And but just there was, I mean, later on as we went, you know, you had other big characters like Michael Gardine, Gavin Gunnan, Mark Miller. All these guys were just so loud. But I mean. Just like in a in a great way, like everyone uh, got on, but it barber. was like just anything went really. It was kind of, you know, you say like obviously football's not work at the best of the times, but it was just a constant like something just going a on. Carry on. Yeah, it was a laugh. Just oh. before we fi- finish Dundee United, I've got a, a nice Tim, uh, a nice text here from Tim 
Sunday Gardener on Twitter. He says, has Gary got unfinished business and would you like to play for the Arabs again? I don't have any unfinished nah, business. Um, I certainly hope they get promoted and um, get back. And I think even with the, the owners now and the kind of where they want to go, I think if they get promoted, they'll go from strength to strength. So um, I look from afar and I, I love to see them do well. But, you know... Um, Mate, you're in New York. You can go to any nightclub you want. I'm sure oh, Fat Sam's can wait. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> a water place. Contrast, if you will, the view from your house in Thurso and the view from your digs right now. So tell me about Thurso first and contrast it. Um, well, jeez, Thurso wasn't too shabby view for sure. And Thurso used to look onto. Certainly different, but I used to look onto Orkney. <laughs> so uh-huh. for Bedro, you could see like the sea, and you can see Orkney. The, there's there's a structure that's I don't I don't know what you would call it, but it's called the Old Man of Hoy. Yeah, the Old Man of Hoy. Yeah, the the, the rock outcrop. Aye, uh, so I've never heard of this. That was so the, a column. Yeah, it's All a right. column. So that's been replaced by the Empire State Building now. So it's a little <laughs> bit different. What's the best thing about living in New York? It's just like the fact that you've got literally everything you could ever want on your doorstep. Like, I love going out for food. I love, you know, said nightclubs. Like, if you if you want to do anything, you've got literally hundreds of options. So it's mad. It's a million miles an hour, but it's certainly for right now for me. It's it's just amazing. You come back from training, you could chill, or you could. You go into the city, you could see a show, you could uh, literally, it's it's best fun. show you've seen. Lion King, surely that. Uh, the best show I'd seen, Aladdin. Uh, Aladdin, yeah, I saw That's Aladdin recently. I thought it was amazing. Good, wasn't it? Aye. Amazing, Aye. See Aladdin, yeah, with the genie. The genie's the best, isn't he? The genie's class, <laughs> but see, they, they change the genie about sometimes. I think six months a year it's someday and then it's someday else. Really? We play football and stuff. I like, think the genie follows me in Twitter. I, I, really? <laughs> no, seriously, because he's a mega wrestling fan. Really? Aye, aye. Oh, I was, I was blown away. It was standing ovation for me. So stuff like that is really cool see, to see. Yeah, That's yeah. terrific. And uh, aye, uh, Aladdin was up there. Do you know Pinocchio? what we've not, we've not mentioned yet? What? What's the football like? Aye, <laughs> 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 what is the football like? We're too busy for the VAR, I didn't even know the soccer. Soccer! The, the soccer, yeah. Um, yeah, we do have VAR, which I'm dead against. I don't like VAR. I don't end it. I mean, is does it, it not work over there? It does. I mean, but it's just stop start. And, mm-hmm. and my feeling as well, even with a decision, like, you're still talking about it, whether it's right or wrong. So it's strange, you know. Do the Americans do it better than they do in England, which is an absolute shambles the way that they operate it it's the same it's like you know it'll go but then there'll be decisions but it's not clear and obvious or something so it won't go to VR I just feel you know I think well it's just my opinion but like if something maybe kind of happened that maybe was right or wrong and it was a talking point after the game I think that's part of it it's part of if a referee made a mistake or something like for the most part they get things right but you know, that's part of football. I think VAR has not sorted that out. They're still, whether it's right or wrong, and yeah. I What's just your message then to the Scottish FA and the SPFL on the subject of that, if they're thinking about doing it? I just keep things as the way they are. I feel so don't we get touch it. too m- more into technology. Well, goal line t- technology would be good, uh, because, but other stuff, 
you know, with handballs and ah, just there's different rules that seem to keep on coming. And yeah, I think we can go too much into changing rules. And football's just football. Have the ref and have, you know, the talking points after a game, whether right or wrong. But that's my opinion. Good stuff. Listen, we we need to ask you, um, do, do you plan to stay in America? Do you plan to come home? Do the New York guys want to keep you? It's right now I'm really enjoying it. Obviously, I was there just half a season or less than half a season by the time I got registered. But um, yeah, loving my time right now. It's amazing. It's just experiencing a lot. Um, never really anything out. I'm not um, set on like American way of life is cool. It's enjoyable, but I loved um, things back here as well. So uh, I never really anything out, but certainly right now I'm enjoying things. Mm. Now listen, 37 seconds, you'd a rotten 37 seconds at the start of your Celtic career, but it picked up after 37 seconds, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, jeez, aye, the, the debut at Park Thistle was, was funny because obviously it was me and Stuart Armstrong's as well, both are debuts and he ended up scoring not long after me, so yeah, it couldn't have gone better, it was kind of, yeah, crazy debut, it was, it was mental, but... Um, yeah, it was, it was your, funny. Your, your dad must have been a very proud father that you signed for Celtic then, eh? Yeah, it was a big thing, certainly for my family. And the majority up the road is Celtic. Even there's Celtic supporters bus that goes still to this day, yep. Thurso, to travel to all the games, um, which is, is mad. So, yeah, it was a big thing. Um, and Celtic, yeah, massive club. And did it, did, did it feel better for you signing alongside? Stuart, was that... A kind of added bonus. It was, but I didn't know we were signing at the same time. It was, right. it was it kept us hush between each other. Yeah, f- he was very silent about that. Um, it was, it was kind of. I'd signed actually. It was the January, and I'd signed a pre-contract, so I was going to go in the summer. Um, right. So it'd been done. Um, but then I remember deadline day, transfer deadline day. I was, I was in Edinburgh. I think it was at my sister's having dinner, and. Then only about five o'clock, six o'clock at night, and getting a text, being like, "It's from my and not a text, a phone call from my agent." Like, listen, you need to. Have you got? Where are you? You need to get your car. You need to be ready because I think it's going to go through tonight. And so it was. I, I straight away had to get to um, actually a, an Edinburgh hospital, a private hospital, not too far from where I was, but I did my medical there, and it took yeah a few hours, two or three hours, and then it was straight away driven to Celtic Park and it was really late on um, on the deadline day you know it's, it's mad how transfers or stuff can happen so late right. but it was crazy but I just thought it was me it was happening and then <laughs> I got to Celtic Park and I, I went into Peter Law's room and and that's the first time when I saw Stuart was there as well signing oh, really? so oh, really yeah no. and I, I mind speaking wow. to him earlier the day like must have been in the afternoon like because there was rumours about Celtic wanted Stu as well but Stu just kind of kicked obviously interest but he was really cards close to his chest and he knew fine well at this time but he didn't let on typical lawyer typical lawyer um, but there was a few clubs interested in him so I didn't know but anyway it happened but it was just such a whirlwind for from getting my medical and then literally racing across the road to be, get it done in time 
um, before like midnight or whatever it was. It was uh, that close to the bone, is that right? It eh? was close, yeah. But I mean, quite often it's a lot of close. It's and weird the the deals that get done. How on does that it day. work? Do you sign something and then do they fax it through to somewhere? How does it all like on deadline day? What's the procedure? Do you know? Yeah, loads of stuff gets faxed through, but I mean, your agent and stuff. It can be done in any place, but right. everything needs to be ironed out right and then sent back to Celtic, but then sent to like the SPL, I think, or the FA, yeah, or the SFA. So there's so many stuff that needs to get done before. And obviously it's it's not a case of just, oh, that's through at like midnight, that's fine. They need to go through it. So even at night, like it's it's a long process before and you need to be thorough with everything. And that's thorough. why... <laughs> thorough. 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 Uh, to be thorough. <laughs> was that Caithness or, or Jersey? I don't know if that was Caithness <laughs> or Jersey coming through. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so it takes a while. And it wasn't until I got in Selly Park, I saw Stuart and then obviously clicked. And yeah, it was a cool moment. So and certainly. Wow. These, that night you signed, do you get pictures with the strips? Or is that kept for another time? Is it a matter of, right, it's went through, right, let's get the scarf, let's get the photographer? Or was it a matter of, sign it, you've signed, we'll deal with business later on? It was, seeing it was so late, it was just signed, done. And then I, it was probably announced. Yeah, it would have been, but it was the next day where. You, we went back and Done you put on the strip and, and stuff yeah, like yeah. What was Ronnie Dyla like? Because he presented an image of a fellow who was slightly bewildered by the whole thing, and he said in interviews since then, you know, that he probably needed a drink to help him through some of the, the days and woke up. He wasn't sleeping well and all that. How, how did you find Ronnie Dyla? Good. A lot of time I enjoyed his training. Um, uh-huh. It was different, but he it was high intensity. It was um, really kind of. Um, he had a lot of coaches, but he had a lot. He had a, like a nutritionist that come in that kind of had different views on, you know, what you should eat and stuff. You know, you're used to as a footballer eating pasta and you know energy. Just macaroni, <laughs> carbonara, like uh, spag, but just like chicken and pasta. But he mm-hmm. was totally like against kind of carbs, really? and it was like fat. Did you, you know? find the diet didn't work for you? Diet was weird. You you try it, but it was just all of it didn't work. You're just used to you never. You're used to what you're eating, and then all of a sudden you're thinking, "All right, I'll try this because this is what I'm getting told, and this is what's being served in the canteen." And it just didn't like seem right. I mean, did you I run th- out of gas in games? I, th- I remember the Inverness semi final, yeah, for think, example. I think it's hard to know. You didn't feel amazing, but I think your body does eventually adapt. But then, at the back of your head, you're thinking you're eating like fat like bacon sausage I remember eating and there was cream there was big emphasis like you know you'd have like maybe um, I always remember Emilio Izaguirre like so obviously we got told this cream was like good like high like fat it's good, good for fats. your good like it's fat but you burn it off your your body will be used to using fat instead of carbohydrates and all this which was and you know, you might have for dessert, you'd have a few berries and maybe a yogurt or something like that for sure. But cream and Emilio Izaguirre, I mean, the cream was beautiful. It was double whipped cream. But oh. Emilio Izaguirre used to have a bowl of cream and it was literally a big, the biggest bowl of cream and berries on top. And like, obviously, because he loved it and like he was getting told it was, you know, good for him and stuff. <laughs> um, so it was just bizarre things like that that was a little bit, you know, but. It's obviously, you know, different cultures, different... Did it work against you? 
maybe looking back, it wasn't the best thing to do because, I mean, I remember the boys all kind of, you know, when it, I mean, we did have other stuff, but kind of got frowned upon if you, you took the pasta and it was like, you're getting ready for games and stuff. Did so. you get it completely wrong? It was, I'd say certainly the boys didn't agree with it and then it kind of caused, like, it was like, you know, there would maybe be games you didn't feel great, whether, you know, yeah, you actually ran out of gas, which you maybe, you did, but then even if you didn't, it was in the back of your head, well, I've had that for pre-match and you're like, so I, I don't I agree with you. Let you eat what you know and what you've has got you to that point and certainly um, so yeah that was a big thing that maybe he tried to change that certainly didn't work who were the crazy people at Celtic what were the mad things that happened there um, Scott Brown's so uh, <laughs> like in the changing room such a is he the man is he the he is the man the yeah man. he's like he's unbelievable obviously on the park he's so um, you know focused and intense and you know does um gets in the zone for games but away from like in the train ground he's the one that welcomes everyone just he's a big kid around the place you know but in a great way like he's you know when it's work time it's you know he's and is he the guy that would maybe stand up to you know dial and go we can't be eating this shit yeah well definitely you know you had a lot of big personalities you know chris commons you had well you had Back then, massive players, obviously Virgil van Dijk, you know, uh. so many players that were big, big players. But, you know, yeah, Scott Brown was the captain. And you had Chris Combs, you had uh, Mikhail Lustig was a big vocal guy in the changing room. And, yeah, after a while, it was just, you could tell, um, even though his training was good and, you know, we, we'd done well, it was just certain points, you know, things. But Scott Brown would have been the guy that kind of would, like, has a big say, yeah. Right. L- lift the lid on Van Dyke. What was he like? As a player or as a guy? As a guy. I mean, we know it was like Amazing, like, yeah. Uh, going back to the very first game, you know, at Park this, I remember being on the bus and he was just so a uh, big chilled out guy, but great, like, even, like, with the new guy, like, we weren't, me and Stu, I mean, I was sitting on the bus and we both knew we were starting that game. And he just like came over to me and was like, I just relax, like just play what you've been playing, like play your own game and you know, like enjoy it. It's amazing. And like just I don't know, he he would sort you out, he'd he'd help, he'd he'd talk a lot and um yeah, just lead by example as well. So amazing guy and <laughs> training, going to football. I mind he used to take the or free kicks at that point. He used to like score free kicks like that. You know your centre half, but he's just just a cruiser. He was he was great. Listen, we're going way over time here, but it's League Cup final weekend, Bedfret Cup final weekend. You played in last year's final. Do you remember playing it? <laughs> I uh, bets I got. Uh, yeah, I remember. I do remember. Obviously, I remember the cross coming in, at, and I remember being on the stretcher going um, when I eventually came round, but. Um, but yeah, scary thing to be honest. It was it was probably one of the worst injuries I had in terms of I wasn't right. Like I, I was fine in terms of like I had no memory loss, which can happen for concussions. I had no fractures, thankfully, but my um, I just had a dull headache for best part of two months, six weeks wow. anyway. It really? was it was horrible, and to the point where. Obviously, we had a run of games in December after that 
um, the whole month and then you have the January break and I remind my first training session was in um, January break so mid-January um, feeling like yeah six weeks after but still not being right until yeah the end of the month just been having to be so careful because mm. it's yeah crazy thing obviously every concu- every concussion is ultimately a brain injury and it was yeah the strangest thing to kind of go through it was to the point where you couldn't like I'd go in and I'd feel alright but they'd be like you need to say if you have any sort of headache and I did like I had to say well I do yeah like as much as I wanted to train I, I wasn't allowed to go on a bike I wasn't to do anything oh. I'd just go in in the morning the physio would ask how I am and I'd do a test on an iPad that to start well, it wasn't great, but I got better at that. It wasn't so much that. It was just this headache that I'd had in last. And they they can't say, oh, it's, it's going to be this. You'll be fine by next week. It's literally next week came and I was still the same. And it was, yeah, it was a horrible thing. Well, just remind us what happened and injury-wise and who did it. <laughs> and, it and can you forgive him? <laughs> it was actually a boy, um, good, good pals with <laughs> Bayata, Dero Bayata. Um, <laughs> Yeah, his head, absolutely the hardest head ever. But it, a cross just came in, and I remember, well, I don't remember, but I, I've seen it, I've headed it, and he's just obviously tried to clear it, but when I've headed to, to the side, he's just full force come into the side of my head. And, yeah, and I remember I landed, kind of bounced my head again. And, uh, yeah, so... But he was, he couldn't have been, obviously, even after the the week after I couldn't use my phone for ages because I couldn't look at screens and I had to stay in dark rooms for ages which was on our wow. because lights and all that were which has hurt my head more um, so he was <laughs> I remember he, he was pestering my girlfriend for so long because eventually he got oh, like oh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he, he, like she was the one taking like you know messages or whatever and he was like oh can I come see him like even and he, um, you know, he won the game like amazing. But he was really worried about what and wanted to come and see me. But I couldn't see people for a while, and I couldn't use my phone for a while. But he was. You must have been buffing out that he wasn't getting a reply, was he? Yeah, he was like, yeah, he's just for a while, but he was worried. But um, I was in good hands at the time, and actually, he. It's funny because he obviously continued and had to go off later on with. I think it was a hamstring injury, but he went off with, but. He says he can't remember the game, which kind of, obviously, I know a lot about concussion from after. He he was obviously concussed as well because he can't remember anything about the game, whereas I can. And and I was like, mate, you were concussed. So it was kind of lucky he had to come off because concussion is not to be kind of... mess up with him? No. Do do you look back in Aberdeen and, and wish fitness had played a different hand in it? Yeah, certainly my last scene, I was like... That you know, cup final, we were going well, and then him um, was out with that for a while, and then I came back and I, and another like Scottish Cup, and the cups are obviously you want to do well in the league of Aberdeen, but you know you, there's a big emphasis on the cups, so I felt you know it would have been nice to finish with a trophy. Did you ever think that Derek was going to leave Aberdeen? Did you think that he was off at the point where the Rangers? Aye. Um, yeah, I guess we did. It was he was away for about a week, I think, and mm-hmm. um, the assistants were taking training, or or the, not even the assistant, the not Tony Docherty. He wasn't there either like for was a few days. Um, 
Paul Sheeran. Was still there? Gordon was... Yeah, he was in. Barry Robson was there. So right. they were taking training. And obviously, as a player, it's weird. You hear things, but you don't... Like, I mean, people ask me, I say, wait, you really don't know anything as a player. You know the same as everyone else. So we were just going over, and obviously it talks, and then it was a second day and a third day, and we are like... He's off. Yeah, for sure. It was mad, but for... It was kind of weird when he came back as well. It was <laughs> like... Uh, like we didn't even say anything about it. it was like the first time we kind of got it was like oh Hadji's there lads nah, and did and you yeah. is that what you done aye, aye. And so then, he, acknowledged, he did acknowledge it and say like no nah, I didn't say what had happened it was aye. just like oh Hadji's all there aye. and then we trained and that was that and it was back and back to normal so it was really strange because obviously aye. I'm not sure but yeah as a player you do when a manager goes and did you like being an old fan player did you like the, the, the baggage that came included with it yeah, it was amazing. It's, it's kind of you don't realize how big a club is until you you play. For, well, you do, but you you don't until you're actually in it and um, seeing how much it means to people and mm-hmm. seeing um, just everything about it. It's, it's amazing. Um, yeah, and obviously when it's going well, it's it's great. And then when you even with if you draw, yeah, you draw. It's it's kind of like the end of the world and. It's it's an eye opener to start with. It was a bit mad, but um, you learn to kind of embrace it. And it's funny when you actually play, and you kind of are in a bubble in some aspects. Like, if say for instance, there's a lot of games. Um, you're in a hotel the night before a game, and then I mean, under Dyla to start with, we were in hotels before home games as well. That changed. Oh, really? That changed because it was um, too much, but. Yeah. you'd train and then you'd be in a way in a hotel and then game bus to stadium you'd play and then you'd recover about, and then you'd be you'd spend a lot of time in hotels and, and just amongst the team and the boys so you didn't really when you go into town which you know shopping people be like oh blah 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 what, like speak to you or whatever you, you realise oh but when you're just playing and in hotels and you're just amongst the boys you kind of you're in a bubble if that makes sense right. so did you know it was game over for Ronnie when you lost the old firm game on penalties in the cup? Yeah, probably. Um, probably because, was it the Inverness game where we got knocked out the cup as well, or one yeah. cup? It's just results like that, and yeah, obviously we were, we were expected to beat Rangers at Rangers. Um, they were in the championship at the Yeah, time. exactly, and they scored, obviously, the goal to go two on up like was an amazing goal. And came to a penalty shout, but he's just, yeah, the atmosphere after that, it didn't really recover because, yeah, it was a very, very bad result, and um, it was it was tough for him after that. And even, even this second season was when we didn't qualify for the Champions League. We got knocked out against Malmo, and then we're in the Europa League. But it's kind of it's funny. The season kind of goes into a lull for a bit of time because. It's almost like that's at the start of the season. If you don't qualify for that, that's like... Sets the tone. It sets the tone. And then, you know, obviously this year has been great. You know, if you have a good Europa League group and, you know, that gets the big games as well, big game feels. But losing against Malmo and having been ahead in the first leg was a kind of lull. So you kind of... That season, it was kind of strange and it never really recovered, so... Anything else we need to right. talk about? Well, uh, I we just <coughs> wanted to ask a question. <laughs> no, nothing yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, that's, that's it. it. Yeah. I mean, I could, yeah. I could go through a list of some of the questions that <laughs> Is this the they seem quite 
uh, related for some reason. I've got Michael <laughs> Cardano here is asking, first of all, he's asking for some reason he wants to know your favourite river in New York. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, Simon MC82 says, uh, do you use a float or swimming bands when you swim? <laughs> uh, Kyle Parson, sorry, Sasa is asking, did you get your bronze swimming certificate? That's real funny. Kyle Sasha. Parson, how cold is the Kelvin at this time of year? Very. Uh, <laughs> what happened that <laughs> night, Gary? Well, Fraser Ross sums up a night. Oh, no, here, we've got David somewhere else. The River Kelvin story in depth. <laughs> <laughs> See me <laughs> down there? Says well Fraser done. Ross. Well done, Fraser. Fun of the day. Oh, I can say it. What a night that was. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. You don't say. Unbelievable uh, night. Uh, how geez. was it? How 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 was the night um, leading up to that incident? Was it going swimmingly? Uh, <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> Honestly, I, it was. Uh, no word to lie, it was a brilliant night. It was right. even after before it came out, like before it kind of hit me how maybe bad it was or how dangerous it. It was unbelievable. It was just one of these nights that kind of got a wee bit out of hand. It was funny. It was. It was actually. I I had a party, I had a flat party um, after a game. We'd played Partick Thistle. Um, we won. I didn't actually play, which was maybe a good thing for later on. I had the energy to to keep uh, afloat. <laughs> because, you know, David, I've told you I was involved in this incident. You know that? Uh, that's amazing. At the time I worked in the fire brigade control room. It was you that leaked it to the press. <laughs> I wasn't. Um, that's because you said fucking Loch Ness Monster instead of Grado. <laughs> <laughs> if he said Grado I would be all over it but Grado I was like what are you Somebody, talking about mate hang on pause it a second you, well, we'll pause it you've just not played against Thistle and on the bevy what do you mean you, you were did you get the triple nine call I think the call came for I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this but <laughs> I don't want it anywhere so but I'm sure the call came in for the ambulance service a report of a male and it wasn't the Clyde wasn't it no it was the, the Kelvin, the Kelvin. Yeah. Aye. So obviously that's. I was a, heading towards the cloud. You would have been high. So that comes under as a, as a water rescue incident. So obviously we had no idea. I mean, then they come in, you know, the call wasn't. Gary Mackay Stephen is in the water. It was, you know, one yeah, male. That didn't come if you'd known it was an Aberdeen player. You were an Aberdeen player at the time, weren't you? I, yeah, it was you Aberdeen. Would, would you have just hung up? Uh, no, I wouldn't have done that, David. <laughs> so, <laughs> thought about it. So, so guys. You're having a great time. Couple of, couple of glasses of wine, or what? What would your drink be in those days? There was a couple of glasses of wine. There was, a, yeah, <laughs> I'd made stylish. this, uh, like punch, which oh. was probably like rocket fuel. Oh. But it wasn't that. I don't think we'd we'd gone, so we'd had the flat party. It was a laugh. There's a lot of people there, and then we went to sanctuary. And I just remember, I think it was to get around the Jaeger bombs in. I didn't actually have the Jaeger bombs because. I got uh, a punch. Uh, a guy swung kind of from behind. Um, oh, nice. Well, for no reason. Well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. For no reason. and I kept, But it was kind of like through a Malia crowd, you know. It was a shiter. It was yeah, a shiter, it punch. Was, yeah, it was, wasn't good. And then I'd turned around and then it was kind of a scuffle. Um, but there was loads of people. And then uh, for whatever reason, the bouncer who's actually... Um, who kind of helped with sorting the table and that was obviously recognised he was like got me out of the situation um, yeah. but I got thrown out like or not thrown out but it's like you need to go like for my own good really because mm-hmm. you know 
you don't like want to be in a fight or anything like that. And but it was it was in the back door, so it got put out, out the back door. But with my mates, so we went out the back door. But I'd never been out the back door, um, so I just like literally was like, oh, it's ridiculous having a good night, like blah blah blah. Um, so we just wandered a little, like we'll go somewhere else, and I jumped over this wall. I just remember a wall vaguely, like not a big wall, but went over it, and yeah, all of a sudden, like I'm, <laughs> all of a sudden I'm in the river, and like I kind of fell, so I'm like right, like in the river. Uh, and obviously it was uh, it was a laugh at the time. Like obviously I was um, had a few drinks, but as soon as I got in the river, I was like, "Jesus, I'm in the river, river here. This is a, like an absolute nightmare." You would notice that. Um, but I just remember like kind of shuffling about, and then I got caught. Like not caught, but there was like kind of rapids. And next minute, I'm just straight down the river. Like You're you must have been shitting yourself. That's the thing. Too I drunk wa- to even. Nah, I wasn't too drunk because from, from there, in. from there onwards, survivor like, mode. From sanctuary, from what happened in sanctuary, from getting out, and like I say, the wall. I can't even say like I saw the wall again. Be like, mm, not sure about like how far is the drop from that wall? Wasn't fa- it wasn't like a, <laughs> I didn't fall like free fall. Like I just jumped over and I kind of remember falling because it's slippy and like I was kind of went down, but it wasn't that deep of the like. But it was obviously, it was really slippy. There were stones, I was slipped. And then I just remember my feet being out in front of me and I'm kind of like shuffling like on my hand. But like you'd go you'd go under and then back up. But Jeez. then in my head, I'm thinking at the sides, like it's dark, but I'm thinking the sides, it wasn't easy to get out in bits. So I'm like, oh, at one point I'll get out. There'll be a side where I got out. and But yeah, I got swept. Good fit, yeah. Like, I remember laughing, thinking, jeez, like, this is ridiculous. Like, how's this night going from amazing night to being out back door, and then all of a sudden I'm, like, in the, in the middle uh, of the water. Um, and I, <laughs> I was, like, I was, was so... When, like, my mates, when I say, like, Stu was one of them, Stu, like, there was Scotty Wright for Aberdeen, there's some of my family, my brother, my, I think my brother and my sister, they were home by this point because it was later, but... When was that that bit? Like, Stu was there, and I think he didn't want to get his Russell and Bromley's wet or yeah. something. That's why he didn't come in after me. <laughs> but he, obviously, so they, like, him and, like, a few others saw me getting, like, swept. And obviously, that's, like, they were the ones that were, like, jeez, like, really worried. Like, I'm not sure who called. Um, it would have been him or maybe my girlfriend. I'm not sure, because they were, there was a lot of people there, as I say. And obviously, for them, they were, like, saw me and, like, saw me been gone away really and they were like Jesus but in my head like honestly I wasn't like calm. not even calm just kind of la- like it m- seems weird but like thinking what an absolute just... idiot like how is this happening you know what I mean was there a point where you thought I'm going to die here or at best my football career's over because nah, you're lucky like, you weren't smashed into a bridge nothing joint. like that so happened it was in for a while got obviously when you the, say a while how long I think it was 50 minutes I was in. 15? 50. 50? 50 minutes, yeah. And you did end up with hypothermia, right? Yeah, I had mild hypothermia. Uh-huh. So that night, so I, yeah, I got, was in overnight. Was Queen Elizabeth Hospital you went to? Yeah, it would have been, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I was what? on, I think, a drip or something, just to, like, warm up. Mm. And, uh, and obviously, it was the worst night for all my friends and all, like... 
that were out with me because in that moment it was like it wasn't till probably and one or two hours that they were at the police station and obviously chiefs were thinking the worst and like I kind of like that's it didn't for me it was like it was bad but not in my head at the time it was not like this is so serious it didn't kind of hit me that jeez that was close call until a little bit after mm. Did 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 the police give you any kind of warning or anything like that, or were they just no no? And so I go straight to the hospital. Uh, like I felt brand new the next day. Like <laughs> dodged the hangover, amazing. But then my uh, oh, if you take on plenty of water, you'll be fine. My <laughs> maybe another Kelvin. My uh, I remember my missus came then later to the hospital because obviously after, but they they were all distraught and. Um, mm-hmm. I'll tell you one thing that was bizarre. Um, in the in the hospital, um, so about four, no, it must have been later on, like six or seven in the morning, um, the nurse kind of came through um, and was like, um, all right, you're, every, all checks are good. Um, we can, you can get out, but you just need to tell me where you are. And like uh, this is the thing I remember most clear. Um, I was like, yeah, no problem, golf course. And the the nurse was like, um, no, have a look around. Where you are? Where are you? And I remember sitting there, kind of looking, looking at monitors, looking at like the wires, blah blah blah. My bed. I was like, yeah, the golf course. And she was like, um, right, and. And my uh, girlfriend was sitting in the corner, and she was she was like, "All right," and she'd had a, obviously hell of a night, crazy night. Eventually, she was in the hospital, but she was like obviously wanting to go home, like everything was okay. But she was like, she couldn't tell me where I was, like I had to work out for myself. And yeah, I was convinced I was at the golf course. And then, so in my head, I'm like, right, "What's she on about? She's uh, she's at it here." So, so, so the nurse went back, and then I'm. I remember my girlfriend going, Gary, look around, like, look everywhere. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, you're not at the golf course. I'm like, yeah, that nurse is at it. But she couldn't say too much to me. And then eventually half an hour comes back. The nurse comes back, where are you? And I'm thinking, oh, I can't see golf course because... <laughs> uh, I'm not at the golf course. Not at the golf course, obviously. So I said, she came back. And bear in mind, I'd only been at Aberdeen a couple of months, like September, a couple of months probably. And she goes, ah, oh, where are you, Gary? Like, and you've had a chance to and I was like yeah yeah I'm at Union Street <laughs> Union Street so in, Aberdeen, Aberdeen. in Aberdeen Union Street and she was like oh, no you're not at Union Street and I went I know I'm at the fucking golf course <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well that put her in her place <laughs> and uh, but completely in my head I thought it was at the golf course and I, it was another wee while is that a side effect of hypothermia well, or is that a concussion a, it was a side exactly I've asked like, the doctor bro. what it was and I, the one I asked didn't have a clue so mm. again to this day I don't know but I I know we had a golf day at Aberdeen <laughs> like like a like couple of weeks before that but that was the only time like, I'm not a golfer so it was bizarre but did you get a slap in the wrist off Aberdeen yeah, but it was, uh, yeah. What was it like when you phoned Derek McInnes, your manager? Well, that's the thing. I had my phone in my pocket, so I, I didn't speak to him for a few days because oh, it was, was it, everything uh, was in my pocket. So obviously so many people were getting in touch with me, but it was funny because it was actually international break, so we had a few days off, and I was 
I was going to Portugal for a few days anyway. And so I don't know what day it was, Sunday. That might have been the Sunday and it was it was fine. It was um, like I get my mates were, everyone was like, had to get in touch with them and be like, oh, they were just had the worst night of their lives, which I can see now. But at the time I was like, geez. And oh, then, poor them. And then, uh, but just, and then thinking, Jeez, I hope that doesn't come out. Ah, what a story that! Like that'd be the worst thing ever. And I thought I got away. Well, I thought <laughs> that night, <laughs> that you know? that night, there was a story that came out and said, "Oh, man had been in River Kelvin or fished out or something." I can't remember, but it didn't name me. And I remember uh, someone telling me that and thinking, "Oh, gee, well, that's you all right. They've not named me." And then the next day, I was flying um, to Portugal, and it was an early flight. And I remember being at the airport and uh, they, oh, you know you get free papers like there's papers everywhere like yeah. you can take to go on a flight like being plastered over every paper <laughs> and they that's got, how you found it front page that well no I knew it was coming out like because my I went with my missus but like people Sometimes were telling her it before it comes yeah paper. people were telling her and like I had a cap on and but I remember that at this day it was flying to uh, we're flying to Portugal, obviously, but the day it was, I was plastered all over this paper, and it went on for like it wasn't just the Monday; it was like Tuesday, it was like for a while. But the the South Korean leader had like put a a bomb, like a, a nuclear bomb, over Japan at this, and like massive stories. But no, that that was over you in the, you in this the uh, big story. But Gary Mackay Stephen puts North Korea in place in nuclear outrage. Because I remember thinking, I oh, geez, it. what's happening with that? And when I seen the paper, it was like nothing to do I with don't that. Give up <laughs> flying so and they took the picture. They took it. It was from the the night of the club, and it was like no idea who took it, but it was. Yeah, the most. Did you look bluetooth? I looked. Well, I looked uh, not great, to be honest. Yeah. So. Uh, well, at least you've lived to tell the tale. But at the time, like in Portugal, so say the next day, two days after, I wanted to tweet out, like, be in the pool with armbands, you know, make a joke of it. But I wasn't. Obviously, I see now because, like you said, there's been Probably casualties and, and terrible stuff happening. Yeah, that. Um, so it was, yeah, crazy thing. But it was um, just a bit of foolishness, really. Look before you leap. Yeah, I've certainly not leapt over walls and <laughs> since. So, guys, that's been fantastic. Uh, Do you know what? Every story, week man. we say that week's guest was better than anything we'd ever hoped for. Mm -hmm. It's happened again. No, nah, man, you were really good, honestly. Really, really interesting. Listen, it's been great to 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 see you again. Great to hear you're doing so well in New York. How where have you seen him before? He used to play for Celtic, Aberdeen, and Dundee. Oh, United. <laughs> 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 right, guys, enjoy the rest of your you. winter break. Thank Keep you. back for the River Hudson. <laughs> Thank you, Gory. <laughs> now let's turn to the game that producer John and I have been playing. Who knows wins? It's the home of social betting, and they are changing the culture of gambling. Bookies have been taken out of the equation, and now you can bet on sports against your mates. So the more you know, the more you win. Got to give a shout out to some of our winners at the weekend. Buzz and also Tez MUFC, who both scooped 145 quid each. Download the app on the Apple App Store or Google Play for more information. Visit their website at www.whoknowswins.com. You just set up a league, set an entry fee, 
choose your matches, invite all your mates in, and you all predict the outcomes of those games. The person with the most predictions wins the pot of money. You can also join preset public leagues with larger pots of money competing against players from across the UK. So get involved now by downloading the app on Apple or Google Play by typing in Who Knows Wins. This week we've picked six games for your chance to take the money with a £5 entry fee for our league, that's the Football Daft Podcast League. The games are from the Premiership, Hibs v Aberdeen, Motherwell Hearts, from the Championship it's Arbroath v Dundee, Inverness Cali against Ayr, from League One it's East 5 Falkirk, and from League Two it's Edinburgh City against Cove Rangers. So listen, join in then, download the app, get involved, and you can be taking the money off me, like everyone else has. And Davey Boy, that wraps up another tremendous episode. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Speaking to the two geezers with the books, speaking to the geezer for the Yorkshire Times or the Yorkshire Post, speaking to Gary Mackay-Steven. How good what, was he? Yeah, it was a great story, and I'm so glad that he was able to dive into the story <laughs> that we all wanted to, to know about, you know? Oh, brilliant. You've well, enjoyed yourself? Yeah, I thought I kept my head above water. <laughs> David, you're doing great, mate. You're doing great. So, what's your plans for the weekend? Uh, the plans for the weekend are: I am going to go to Hamden Park in Glasgow to watch the big one. But I'm trying to work out how I can be at home to watch Old Firm Memories with David Tanner Record on BT Sport. I know what's and like. then, Jesus fuck, man, this is have I mentioned that, that yet? No. Your mother. It's a good prog. It's a good prog. So, <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. That's another one for the... Oh, here, by the way, uh, we've got some reviews. Thank you for all your reviews on the podcast thing. Right. What do you call it, John? Apple. The there Apple. you go. Read it. Come on. Apple. Right, I've got some here. Uh, Billy H94. I've not read these. See if they're giving me stick. I'm going to kill both of you. Uh, been here from episode one. What a laugh. Only wish they'd done it more than once a week. Oh. I like Tanner. My name's David. Uh, but really want Ewan back just 10 cans and Ewan (laughs) is there any more of these reviews yeah I'll let you read the last one it's probably abusive Mm, no no what do we see Uh, we've got a message here for Jackie BT Uh, (laughs) did you send this in yourself mate because <laughs> it's got two emojis. Is it it's two emojis two love heart emojis and it's highlighted bolded and underlined Tanner Get Tanner signed in a five-year deal now. Excellent host, excellent guest, excellent pod. That's got to be your fucking ma, is it not? Listen, my mother, do you know when, do you know when I she learned say to text? I shouldn't say that's disgusting. Do you know when she learned to text? When? Last year. Did she? Aye. So, don't I don't think getting on the Apple thing to give us a review. But listen, Get your ma reviews. on for who are you. Now, fill her up and see if I can get her. <laughs> we Agnes is not coming on here. Right, okay. But it's an idea, it's an idea. So listen, thanks for all your reviews. Uh, it really keeps us going. Honestly, it's a huge boost when you all uh, heart back to the glory days of you and Cameron. Yeah, anyway, I need to boost. Uh, and I know it's time I'm going to be on the stage. It's Geppetto. So if you're hey. coming to the pavilion, hope you enjoy yourselves. If no, get your tickets now. And enjoy the old firm game. <laughs> I'll be on the stage. Right, hey. David. You've been football. Gredo, you have been completely daft. It shall sell! Remember that. Love ya. This is 4Network.